0: A brief history of Mesopotamia, the fall of Mesopotamia to outsiders. The mass migration eastward of the Aramean people would spell the end of Mesopotamian culture more completely than any military conquest ever could. The dispersal of the Arameans throughout the empire, growing to become the majority in most areas, led in turn to the abandonment of both Sumerian and Akkadian as the imperial language. Even worse, however, was the invention of a syllabic alphabet, an entirely new way of recording information. This invention was not only going to eradicate a culture, but also condemn information and accounts of the late Assyrian period, largely to dust. The new alphabet had been developed for common people designed with symbols representative of specific sounds to make the formation of words easy, even those with lesser education. This first alphabet designed for use with the Aramaic language and not the Akkadian of the empire was so easy to learn and use that it encouraged the adoption of Aramaic empire-wide. To make matters worse, the Aramaic alphabet was written using inks on papyrus or animal skins, biodegradable materials that would rarely last longer than a century or two before rotting away to nothing. The quick adoption of this new form of writing and language which it was designed for, resulted in dramatic decreases in the number of cuneiform tablets produced, and thus preserved from this era. As a result, much information is lost in the dark recesses of history, and what we do know either comes from rare uncovering of a cuneiform tablet, or the writings of those who came later, which tended to be biased and incorrect in many cases. While it is difficult to make many bold statements about the late Assyrian period, we have evidence to suggest the Assyrians were aware of their impending fate and were making efforts to preserve their culture while they had a chance. ashur the king of Assyria, from 669 to 631 BCE, during this time he ruled in from the capital of Nineveh and is considered the great king of Assyria. During his reign, ashur set about collecting creating a collection of writings from across his empire, including Sumerian, Akkadian, Babylonian, and Assyrian cuneiform tablets, and stored them in his library at Nineveh, perhaps the first organized library in history. What is of interest is not so much the collection itself, but the urgency with which Assurbanipal Benefal set about compiling it. He collected tens of thousands of tablets, including religious texts, stories, handbooks, and was constantly on the lookout for new additions. Asserbenifal's timing could not have been more prudent. In the year 612 BCE, the city of Nineveh was sacked and destroyed by a joint force of Babylonians, Medians, and Scythians, sealing the fate of the Assyrian Empire. The ultimate king of Assyria, Shinshakum, was killed in the battle, and the library was destroyed. Thankfully, due to the hardy nature of clay tablets, The destruction of Nineveh resulted in the preservation of asser collection under the rock until it was rediscovered in the 1800s. asser hope of preserving his nation's culture and knowledge for future generations had succeeded after more than 2,500 years. The destruction of Nineveh alongside that of Asher spelled the end of the Assyrian Empire after long years of conflict with Babylon. Babylon had held a complicated position in Assyrian history, largely due to the cultural debt owed by the Assyrians to the Babylonian Empire. During most of the Assyrian Empire's rule, Babylon was held under its sway, but there did remain a king in Babylon, often assigned by the ruler of Assyria himself. The fall of Assyria was an unfortunate side effect of the long-standing imperial attitude towards their neighbors and client state. The fall of Nineveh was so complete that according to the Greek writer Lucane, there was not a trace of it left and no one can even guess where it was. This is not quite the end of the Mesopotamian story, however. There would be one final power. The Neo-Babylonian Empire, sometimes referred to as the Second Babylonian Empire or the Caladian Empire, re-emerged from the sacking of Asher and Nineveh around 612 BCE. Following the death of Aserbenafal, the Babylonians had revolted against the new Assyrian kings who had, who had proven weaker and incapable of holding on to their territory in a changing age. The Neo-Babylonian Empire represented the first time in more than a millennium that Babylon had been the seat of power in Mesopotamia. The empire itself only lasted until around 539 BCE and, when it, and it ruled over the end of an era. There was an increasing awareness among the people of Mesopotamia that the world as they knew it was coming to an end. Kidbat Ilan Marduk wrote a text during the last days of the Neo-Babylonians known as the myth of the pest god Ira, the king of all inhabitations. That tells of the impending fall of Mesopotamian civilization. He tells of the plague god Ira, persuading the gods to allow him to lay waste to the lands of Sumer and of Akkad. His alleged motivation is a lack of piety amongst the people. A common explanation offered for the waning empires and reminiscence of the attitudes following the fall of Akkad. According to Kibbat Iran Marduk, however, this was not the end. The actions of Ira were not intended merely to destroy the world and its people. Rather, they were to clear away the old and make room for a new era. It is representative of an age-old idea whereby destruction of the old is necessary for progress. That destruction is the ultimate creative force behind history. In 549 BCE, the Median Empire, which stretched across modern-day Iran and up into Anatolia, was conquered by Cyrus the Great of Persia. Cyrus was considered by many to be a reasonable ruler, and the Persians were known for letting their subjects rule themselves, as long as their kings paid homage to Cyrus and his successors, the king of kings ruling from Persepolis, Following the fall of the Medes, it was inevitable that Babylon would follow, and in 539 BCE this inevitability became reality. Babylon was attacked during a festival day when the populace was unprepared to defend the city. They opened the sluices and lowered the river, marched across, and occupied the city with relative ease, at least according to Herodotus. If the Babylonians had only been given forewarning of what Cyrus was up to, or fathomed it for themselves, they then could have turned the entrance of the Persians into their city so completely to their advantage as to annihilate the invaders. However, the enemy was upon them before they knew what hit them. The size of the city, that those who lived in the center of Babylon had no idea that the suburbs had fallen. Babylon fell to the Persians. The age of Mesopotamia had come to a close. There are multiple accounts of how the Persians may have been received by the Babylonians. According to some they were caught unawares and thus had no option but the surrender. But others suggest the Babylonians welcomed Persian rule with open arms. It was agreed that Cyrus was a worthy king and the previous ruler of Babylon had not been well loved. An unearthed tablet from around the time, however, shows a receipt of seven weeks worth of work on one of the city's walls, suggesting that perhaps the conquest was not as easy as it may have been implied. It was believed by the Babylonians that the conquest of Persia would not spell the end of their culture. After all, many outsiders had entered the land between the two rivers and set themselves up as rulers, adopting local customs themselves. It was most likely assumed by many that this would be no different particularly considering their culture was the oldest and most respected in the region. This belief was terribly mistaken. While Cyrus and his successors adopted elements of Mesopotamian culture for their own, this was no different from an open attitude displayed to all conquered nations. Persia was built on a selection of cultural practices taken from all their conquered states and kingdoms, and Mesopotamia was no more or less important than the others. Furthermore, unlike earlier conquerors and invaders, the kings of Persia chose not to rule from one great Mesopotamian, which remained in Persepolis. Rule from the outside would remain for millennia. The consequence of this was immense. Mesopotamia, once the cultural beacon in the east, had lost both its self-confidence and centrality, reduced to a mere province. This was not effective immediately, of course. Cultures do not die out overnight, rather wither away slowly, almost unnoticed, supplanted by more modern practices. The rise of Persia represented not so much a new age, but more of a period of transition. The world was now open to new ideas, new peoples, and new cultures, a sign of things to come. The true transition into a new era occurred when Alexander of Macedonia, ruler of the first great western empire, rolled his war machine eastward and burnt Persephalus to ashes in 330 BCE. This Hellenistic period, with Greek ideas and practices spreading from Italy to India and beyond, was the beginning of the modern age, the new world in which we ourselves live. Mesopotamia, the colossus of the ancient past, had by this time shriveled and collapsed, buried under the rubble of a bygone age. So that ends our little brief study of Mesopotamia. And the sources for this, Ancient Semitic Civilizations by Muscati, Ancient Near East by Cyrus Gordon, The Might That Was Assyria by Sags, and The Oxford History of the Biblical World by Coogan. So I hope you enjoyed that. And as always, don't forget to come by the website, sumahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise, and if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.